The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Thank you. That's the best introduction I've ever had. Because <laughs> I never get one. Um, yeah, no, we're giving Tim a break this morning. I think he's tired, right, Cheryl? Yeah. So <laughs> they got back from Nepal yesterday at 1.36, I think was the time anyway. So have you ever wondered why they call it pulled turkey and pulled pork? I'm, I'm sorry, this is... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, just yesterday, Pat and I were listening to Stuart McLean. Have you heard the Christmas story? Stuart McLean talks about the grade B turkey that took a run from the slaughterhouse. And I, and I think that's why they call it pulled turkey. They had to pull them back in. I'm, I'm just guessing. Anyway, sorry. I'm not going to go into stand-up comedy. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late, right? Just a clarification. Um, next Sunday... Uh, at the 11 o'clock service, we are having the Sunseekers Christmas program. At the 9 o'clock service, we're having a traditional service. I'll be preaching, and we'll be looking at an Advent theme. So just so you know, next Sunday, 9 o'clock, traditional service, 11 o'clock, children's program for, for all, the, all of us that want to come there. It is my uh, pleasure to have a Compassion Sunday today uh, and to introduce Jay Calder, and I just met him this morning, but I've really enjoyed getting to know him. I sense a spirit of, of uh, ministry in his heart, in his family. He's married with four children. And uh, he'll be telling you more about his engagement with Compassion Canada and the different travels that he's had. He, I know that Tim and Cheryl got to travel with he and his wife uh, to Columbia. And uh, that's where they met up. And uh, Tim comes to, or sorry, Jay comes to us with not just the opportunity of sharing the word this morning, but also the gift that God has given him with the guitar. And on that front, he has uh, won a few different important awards. The Gospel Music Association has given him uh, the award. Uh, he's also at the Toronto Independent Music Awards, uh, been nominated four times and won Best Acoustic Artist. He's played with the likes of Casting Crowns, toured with them, Avalon, the Newsboys. Uh, I was especially noticing that you, this past July, you were with Phil Kegi. Kegi, sorry, Kegi, yeah. I mean, that's a name I remember from way back, so, uh, so that's cool. And he's also been a pastor before he became a guitar player in this way. Uh, he was a pastor for nine years. So please welcome. The most, by far the most significant <laughs> accolade, other than being married. Yes, that's important. Is I've toured with Tim and Cheryl Haig. There you go. There you go. Let's welcome Jay. Thanks so much. Absolutely great to be with you folks. I want to um, get this in tune. I'm going to, uh, this is my version of the little drummer boy, if I can uh, get this to work. And um, there's a long life-changing story that goes with this, and I'm not going to tell you. I'll, I'll just say that, that the Lord has been extremely good to this guy. This, this is what someone looks like who's received immense mercy and huge, huge grace from the Lord. So I might not have a lot of dough uh, by North American standards. I know that shocks you. I'm a musician. Um, <laughs> used to be a pastor, sorry. Um, but the Lord has been extremely good, and uh, I, I truly believe I'm an extremely wealthy man. <clears throat> True story. Would anyone else say the same? Or woman? We have a good father. Amen? Yeah, okay. So this is in gratitude to the giver of all good gifts, my Lord and Savior Jesus, the Anointed One.
Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew 18? And I promise we will eventually get there. It's going to take me a little while. I want to share with you um, a very small part of a huge topic, and it has to do with honor, honoring the ones that God honors. And um, <clears throat> in Matthew 25, and this is on our way to Matthew 18. You don't have to turn there. I mean, you can if you want to. Jesus refers to a group of people you would, many of you would have heard of. He calls them the least of these. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Um, for our purposes this morning, this is not a complete definition, but this will do for what we're talking about. The least of these means somebody who can't pay me back. So in Matthew 25, when Jesus is talking about this group of people, he calls the least of these. Uh, he's talking about someone who can't do anything for you, right? They have no power to pay you back. And, and, I, and I recognize something. I just want you to be aware that I do know, um, even though I might not know you personally, I do know that in this sanctuary right now, I'm looking at a whole bunch of you who I just described your life. And what, what I mean is you're all about pouring yourself out for others. So there's a whole bunch of you in this room. You're always looking out for somebody else. You're always taking care of someone or someone's or, or ministering to a group or ministering to an individual. And of course, as soon as I say that, you know, some of you are thinking, yeah, but I wasn't very happy about it last Thursday. Um, we all have bad days. But, but there's a heart in this church. I know that many of you, um, you're, you're doing something, you're ministering to somebody on a regular basis. It, it would never enter your mind or your heart that you're doing that for what you can get off the, the, uh, the relationship. This is what I'm trying to say, right? It's not about that. It's, it's about the love that the Lord has through you for someone else. Amen? Something that happens to me with increasing frequency, um, I get to go all over the place, and I'm so grateful. Um, but one of the things that I've, I've noticed of late, and some, a lot of you will relate to this, maybe not with the size of groups that I, I get to share with, but maybe with people you just met. But sometimes, I know a few of you a little bit, right? Sometimes I'll be in front of a huge group of people where I don't know anybody, and it's very odd. In many ways, it's really strange to be in front of a huge group of people, but, but all of a sudden, and this is happening with more and more frequency, I'll just be struck with something, and I'll feel like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Like, I love these people, and I'm not that nice. I'm really not. Um, I just have a compassion. It's like, what is that? Does anybody relate to this? Especially someone you've just met, right? Do you know that's the Lord? That actually is the Lord. If you've been born again, if you have been born from above, Jesus talked to, uh, to Nicodemus about in John 3, that actually is the presence of the Spirit of God within you. And in my case, it's like the Lord is saying, Jay, it's all true, man. I actually do indwell you. It's me. I'm letting you in on this much of how I feel about these people. Isn't that neat? I want more of that, don't you? I want more of being in on things the Lord is doing, but I also want more of his heart. <laughs> because he's good. We have a good father. Amen, amen, amen. But in Matthew 25, Jesus uh, makes it abundantly clear that in God's economy, in God's heart, it's a huge deal when you and I do something for someone who can't possibly pay us back. When that payback part doesn't enter the equation at all. Amen? Okay, so that's where he says, there's actually going to come a day in history, Jay, and you can insert your name there, where the Lord is going to say, to me and to, to us, he's going to say, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I was in prison, you visited me. On and on and on he goes. But then the Son of God himself, in so many words, tells us, friends, I take these things personally. It's that big a deal to God. That's where Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, what is it? You did it for me, says the Son of God. Amen, amen, amen. That is not poetry. That is not a metaphor. You on the same page? This is Jesus saying to us, friends, guys, this is reality. All of heaven sees it this way. Okay, right from the throne of my father, all of the angels, the witness cloud, whatever you've done for one of the least of these, you actually, for real, did it for me. Does that sound like worship to anybody else? A life of worship outside, outside the walls of this, of this church? Yeah. And what an invitation from the Lord, right? It's beautiful. There, there is a sobering warning on the other side of it, where the Lord would also say to me, Jay, you need to know that whatever you didn't do for me, that you could have, you know, that also, whatever you didn't do for one of the least of these, you didn't do it for me. But we're, for our time this morning, we're going to focus on the first part, if that's all right, because um, of the time that we have. So there's this massive group of people that are called the least of these, can't do anything for you, and I qualify. We all qualify. Uh, yeah? Right? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved. If you have been saved, it's by grace. It's by unmerited favor, right? And this, this by faith, and even the faith to believe is not of yourselves, but a gift from God. Isn't that beautiful? That's how good he is. That's how much he loves us. But as if I could ever pay him back? Right? So at least in that sense, I qualify as being among the least of these. But there is a subcategory of people. If you, if you, you see this, this huge mass of humanity who would qualify as being under the umbrella of being called the least of these. Can't do anything for you. Can't pay you back. There's a subcategory of people who in the Gospels in particular... And, and especially from Jesus himself, get even more attention. Anyone know who I'm talking about? Give you a hint, I'm here to represent Compassion Canada this morning. It's kids, it's the children. You may not have noticed this before, you will now. Next time you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you will be struck with just how many times Jesus refers to kids. Like they get way, way more than their share of airtime, it seems like, and why might that be? Could it be that children figure so prominently in the heart of the Father? I believe so. I believe so. And even as I say this, there's scriptures that are coming to mind, yeah? For many of you, right? Let the little children come to me, forbid them not, for the, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, Jesus says, right? My kingdom belongs to such as these, these little kids who cannot do a thing for you. And then he says to adults, he says, you adults, you can't even get in. You cannot even enter unless you humble yourself and become like a little child in your heart. Isn't that something? I mean, think about a little kid. Think about a little child. What can they, what can they do for you? They make you feel good, especially if they're your own kids, right? Sometimes. But they're not likely to introduce you to influential people. They're not going to get you, you know, a promotion at work or, or, or advance your career. They're not going to add to your bank. They're going to drain your bank account. That is, <laughs> that is the calling of God on little children, and they fulfill it so well. But they really can't do a whole lot for you. And here we have, in Matthew 18, Jesus talking specifically about the little children. Again, one of many, many scriptures where he's doing so. But I, I want you to see verse 5. 
we're really going to dive in at verse 10, but even before we do that, I want you to see verse 5, because remember again, what did Jesus say in Matthew 25? Whatever you have done, this is how all of heaven sees it, therefore this is reality, okay? Whether or not I perceive this, this is the truth, says Jesus, okay? Whatever you've done for one of the least of these, you actually, literally, for real, did that for me. Now look what he says in Matthew 18 about the children specifically. He says this, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Literally, for real, this is the truth. Amen, amen, amen. Isn't that amazing? A little kid who can't do anything for you, Jesus says, you welcome that little child in my name, you've just welcomed me, and all of heaven sees it that way. Isn't that cool? So all of a sudden, and no, this is not an ad, nobody told me to say this, but all of a sudden, children's ministry, even in North America, children's ministry takes on huge import. It wouldn't necessarily come to our minds as being the most important thing. It seems to be pretty prominent in the heart of God. Amen? Nobody asked me to say this either. Helping out in the nursery is actually a big deal. Yeah? Because it reflects the Lord. It reflects his heart. But look what he says. Go down to verse 10. This is in the imperative tense, verse 10. I want to, I want to impress you with my Greek prowess. I don't want to call it a miracle, but it's grace that I passed two years of Greek. And um, I'm familiar with souvlaki. That's about it. I, I know what books to go to to look things up, though, okay? And verse 10 of Matthew 18 is in the imperative tense. And the reason that that's important is that means this is actually a command. This is not a suggestion. This is not a helpful hint. This is a command from the king of kings to his disciples. How many here are, are disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus? Me too, me too. So he's speaking to us, and he's commanding this. And he says, see to it that you do not look down on one of these little ones. That's a strange command. I think it is. At first reading, I, mean, I like kids, right? One, one of the translations actually says, see to it that you do not despise any of these little ones. I don't think too many of us would go around saying, oh, I despise kids. I despise children. Well, a couple things, and I don't have time to fully unpack this. First of all, though, the Lord is not, and I'm not making a joke, the Lord is not talking about your children. That's, that's, the tr that's different. You have been wired in the image of God. If there's any health at all in a family, you tend to love your kids. And so many of us would say, my, my kids, are, they're going to be on my, they're, they're the, the top of your prayer list for life, right? They can cause huge pain. They can cause huge, huge joy. Why? It's because you love them so, so much, right? You would do anything for them. That's not who the Lord's talking about. He's saying, look at the world. And I believe even in 2018, as sophisticated as we sometimes think we are, the Lord would say, Jay, for me, Jay, most of the planet does not esteem children very highly. In most parts of the world, even right now at this moment, children are tolerated at best. In some cases, exploited terribly or worse. Terrible abuses, and some of you are only too familiar with these sorts of things. I'm not going to go there, but just, just understand, why would that be? This is such a simple, trite answer, but the truth is, it's because children can't do anything for you. So they're powerless, right? They have no power. So from a sinful, selfish, I'm going to get everything I can off of this point of view, a little child is no profit to me unless I exploit them. I need to change the subject, okay? I'm going to be a puddle. But this is what the Lord's talking about. Don't you dare look down on these children, says Almighty God. 
And in fact, first eight of the, the first uh, nine, ten verses of Matthew 18 are very sobering warning from God, not just from our legal system in Canada, but from the Lord about harming children. You do not lead little children into sin. You do not harm them. That's actually the, the Lord's heart. Okay? That's because in God's economy, little kids, no, they can't do anything for you, but there is that which is sacred about a child. Every single one of them, regardless of their socioeconomic background, regardless of where they were born in the, on, the, on the planet, whom their parents are, it doesn't matter. There, there's that which is sacred around the kids. Don't mess with the kids, Jesus says. Amen? And, and going on from here, the Lord expands this a little bit more. And I have to remind you of who is speaking. Because this is strange stuff to our Western years. But listen to what Jesus says. He gives us this command. Don't look down on the kids. Okay, I think I understand. But then he gives the explanation for that command. And the explanation is so strange. And he says, you know, don't look down on these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Wow, what a strange thing to say. And, I, and I, I'm just going to focus in on what's clear from what Jesus said. There's, there's some things I actually believe about this passage. I would have to confess to Bible scholars that I'm getting it by conjecture or by inference. I think I have Bible to back it up. But anyway, my point is, what's, what's not by inference or conjecture because Jesus is clearly saying it. He's saying, look, heaven has invested everything in these kids. This is how high up they are in God's economy. To the point that they have been assigned actual created heavenly beings. This is Jesus speaking. Okay? Elsewhere in scripture, these beings are called the elect angels. You with me? Hebrews chapter 1, it says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And Jesus is saying, there are actual heavenly beings around these little kids, these little kids who can't do anything for you. And the angels around those children regularly see the face of my Father in the fullness of his glory. You don't yet. The angels around these kids do. Don't mess with the kids. <laughs> Amen? I got to move on just for the sake of time. But I just I want to point out, though, that the Lord has not changed the subject. He's still talking about children. Yes, he is. When he says this, he says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. And then he says, I'm going I'm to let you in on some more of your father's heart here. He says, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many have heard of D.L. Moody? Yeah, I figured here. be lots of you. I have a list of uh, heroes of the faith. If you haven't heard of him, D.L. Moody was just a great brother in the Lord. He, he lived in the 1800s. Uh, he, he died in 1899, so he's in heaven. And we're going to meet him. <laughs> I love that. True story. We're going to meet him. I, I just can't wait. <clears throat> but during his lifetime, in the 1800s, okay, this one man personally led thousands and thousands and thousands of people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let that percolate for a moment. One guy, before the internet, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and we're going to meet them in heaven. Isn't that neat? 
Thousands and thousands. And they're, they're going to say to us, gonna, their, tor- their story will, will be, you know what? I came to know Jesus through, through D.L. Moody. There he is, that guy way over there. Yeah, good, good guy. You should go say hello. And yet, and this is why I mentioned this, D.L. Moody, who led thousands and thousands and thousands to Jesus, as an old man looking back on his life, he made this statement. He says, if I could relive my life, I would devote my entire ministry to reaching children for God. Let me try this side over here. If I could relive my life, okay? So says a man who's led thousands and thousands and thousands to Jesus. Most of us would agree this is a fruitful life, yeah? This is John 15, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and my, abi- my word abides in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, Jesus says. Leading thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ qualifies as much fruit. <laughs> yeah? That's a lot. That's supernatural. And I, and I know D.L. Moody's testimony to us would be, you know what? I got to be in on something God was doing. And yet he says, if I could do it again, I would devote my entire ministry, 100%, to reaching children for God. Isn't that cool? Really wise man of God years ago, maybe this is, you heard this, this was new to me. Uh, He said to me, Jay, when a child is born again, God does not give that child a junior Holy Spirit. You ever heard that one? It's true. To me, the main point of that is that when a child is born again, they really are. They really are born again. They've entered into an eternal relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah? So all that to say, it is tremendous honor for me to be with you this morning and to represent the Ministry of Compassion Canada. Um, I'm, not, I'm not an employee of Compassion, so I can say whatever I want. I love these people. In my opinion, they are doing what D.L. Moody said he wished he would, have, he would have done. Okay? Absolutely pouring themselves out. I'm talking about in the field, wherever they minister around the planet, pouring themselves out for the children. Reaching the children for God. But when you see what the Lord is doing as a result of this ministry, friends, it is off the scale. It's absolutely breathtaking. So in our remaining time this morning, I want to share with you a little bit about that. Some of the two, two areas that have really impacted me and my wife and my kids as well the most. There's a lot of things you could say about any, any ministry, right? But there are two distinctives of this ministry that, that I, I like to say they, they represent their calling. And because a lot of organizations, I, I, I like the word calling, just so we don't start comparing because they're, they're never apples to apples, okay? Just so we're still friends. Blurred's doing wonderful things through lots of different organizations, and they don't all have the same calling. That's what I'm trying to say. The first distinctive that I, by far the most important thing that I could tell you about Compassion's ministry is their absolute commitment to evangelism and discipleship. All right? Yes, they minister to physical needs, absolutely, but their first calling from the Lord is evangelism and discipleship. And the way that I like to put this in perspective, I sure hope you saw the pictures of children waiting to be sponsored on the tables out here in the foyer. And as as you know, in this church, those are pictures of children who really are, at this moment, waiting to be sponsored. Friends, just purely based on statistics, okay? So purely based on the numbers, what's been happening through this ministry up until this moment right now, I can tell you with absolute confidence, the vast, vast majority of those kids whose pictures are on those tables, once they are sponsored, they will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
come on. This is missions, man. This is missions. Think of the implications of what I just said. This is the truth, guys. We will see those children in heaven. Yay, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was it. That was the big thing I wanted to share. So see ya. The second distinctive, um, Pastor Terry mentioned, I was a senior pastor for nine years, so I, I get really jazzed about this part. If you don't, that's okay. Uh, we're still friends, really. But, but something that's impacted my family to a huge degree is their absolute commitment to the local church. And again, this is part of the Lord's calling on this ministry. In the field, compassion only works through the local church. And the way that I usually describe this to people is if, if you can imagine with me a struggling pastor in a developing nation, this picture, okay? I think most of us can. This picture, uh, this pastor, he's struggling. He's got hopes and dreams. He's got vision from the Lord for his community. He wants to see God move there. He wants to see lots and lots of people come to know Jesus, just the same as you do here, okay? Except in his case, maybe he can barely provide for his own family. And so as you can imagine, that takes up the lion's share of his energy and his time and everything. Well, just, just, just imagine this. He partners with compassion. Within three to four years, his church is now three times the size that it was. Hello? Have you ever heard of something like this before? But that, I didn't tell you the best part. That 300% growth, and I, I still have trouble getting my head around this. And, and they keep telling me, Jay, uh, that's actually about average. That's average? That's about average. 300% growth in three to four years in his church. Friends, that's conversion growth. You with me? Have you ever heard of anything like, I, I love my home church more than I can tell you. They, they're so supportive. They sent me out. They had a commissioning service for me. You know, so all the elders laid hands on me and stuff. So there are always people praying for me when I'm away from home. And I love that. So there'll be people praying for you today, which is kind of neat. I can't even imagine, as much as I love my home church, I can't imagine what it would look like if three years from today, it was three times the size it is today for no other reason than all of these people coming to know Jesus. <laughs> but that's what's taking place through this ministry all over the planet. Isn't that beautiful? See, the, the children, most of them are coming to know the Lord. And then not always, not always, but in so many instances, the rest of the family follows. Isn't that beautiful? And so churches are exploding. And all they're doing, 100%, pouring their lives into the children. Yay, God. Doesn't that sound like something the Lord would do? I have to tell you something that happened to Sandy and me. Um, since being to Colombia with the Hags, we got to go and visit um, one, another one of our sponsored, ki sponsored kids in the Dominican Republic. His name's Jordani, um, not Jordana, um, Jordani. And he's, a, he's just a great little guy. I've got a lot of Jordani stories, and I, I, I apologize, I don't have time to tell you. So I'll just say, after spending hours and hours with him at the church where everything's going on, Sandy and I and a photographer and a videographer and a translator, we got to walk back to his home, and we met... Um, his mom and his sisters. And what's really, really cool is we got to meet dad. And some of you will know that in the poorer parts of Dominican, that's actually becoming more and more uncommon. It's not a good thing. Part of their, they call it their macho culture. It's not cool. Uh, when kids come along, it's very common for dad to be gone. I gotta leave that alone for now. Here's the thing. Sandy and I were able to pray with daddy and mommy for them to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Isn't God good? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? 
And, and but I, I have to explain something to you. Please understand something. This was a gift to us. There was, there was no persuasion going on. There was no, you know, leading someone to Jesus. This was like I walked under a tree and a piece of fruit fell in my hand. I can't even, yeah, I don't even want to look because I'll be a puddle. Anybody here of uh, Lydia? Remember Lydia in Acts 16? Sandy and I both thought of this after, after this event. There's this woman, it says, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to receive Paul's message so that she could believe. This was just like that. The Lord had opened the hearts of these dear, dear people way before Jay and Sandy showed up, okay? But I believe he wanted us there to see what he's doing through this ministry all over the planet. I mean, I, I, my biggest concern was I didn't want to put any pressure on these dear, dear folks. So I said, look, we love you guys no matter what. It's okay. And they're like, no, we want Jesus now, you know? So I knelt down on their floor and, and we, I mean, we, I did pray them. We went through some scriptures together. We prayed through some scriptures about believing and confession and repentance and receiving. But this was really a done deal. I mean, this was something the Lord wanted us to be present for, to, to, to witness with our own eyes. Yeah? Yay, God. I love this. So now not just Jordani and his sisters have come to know the Lord, but now mom and dad are a dear brother and sister. And they've started their, this journey of discipleship of following after the Lord. And we're going to be in heaven with them too. <laughs> so yay, God. So back to the, uh, the hypothetical pastor, the struggling pastor in the developing nation. It's not hypothetical, by the way, because that story repeats itself over and over and over and over and over. His church is now three times the size it was because of all these people coming to know Jesus. He's held in very high esteem now in his community. His church has become the go-to place for anybody in need, and that's because everybody knows you go over there, those people, they love you over there unconditionally. But this is the thing that's really wrecked us in a really good way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but his church has become the go-to place for all of these adults who are coming to the church, who are coming to the pastor. And they're saying, you know what? I don't know what happened to my child who's in your program, but they've changed. We're happy about it. Like, it's a really good change. But we do not understand this. But also, I don't know what it is that you have. But I know I desperately need it too. What must I do to be saved? Cool? Yeah, it is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, Sam, they've sent along a, a video we're going to show at this time. It's about two and a half hours long. So I hope you're really comfy. It's about three and a half minutes, okay? And then, and then we'll continue. Wow, wow, wow. So good. Can, can I give you a quick update on Jennifer? Since this video was made, not only is she a, an advocate in the High Court of Kenya, so she is a full-blown lawyer, she has two master's degrees, she's working on her doctorate, and she has a position of significant influence with the government of Kenya. <laughs> Does that sound like something maybe the Lord had his hand in? <laughs> when, when I was a little girl, she says, you know, if mommy brought home a, a dollar on that particular day, we, we would have something to eat. If not, we'd have a glass of water and run off to school. Look what the Lord has done. Influencing the nation. Yay, God. I love it. Um, one of the... I don't have to go into a great deal of stuff about me, but some of you might relate to this. One of the things I find troubling about this whole, all of this stuff is, is, is um, I can be a puddle fairly easily and if I, allow, if I allow myself to focus on certain things. There's a tendency to become so overwhelmed with the size of the need sometimes that we can get frozen in place and um, just think, you know, I'm just one person. What could I possibly do that makes any kind of significant difference? And because of that, and maybe you don't relate to this at all, and that's okay, but because of that, I personally don't focus 
on some of the things I used to years ago. I don't spend a lot of time focusing on the statistics. Some of you here are far better versed than I in all of that. You know, about how, how many thousand children perished yesterday, uh, not last year, yesterday, from malnutrition and preventable diseases and all that sort of thing. I, personally, I can get pretty bent out of shape out of that, and you feel like, what can I, how can I even make a dent in this? Because, but, but here's my point. Equally as true, and this has helped me a lot, Equally as true as the very, very sobering statistics, and they are, there's no getting around it, but equally as true as, as, as that is that in this sanctuary right now, I know that many of you, many in this church, are at this moment being instrumental in seeing lives completely transformed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are. Right now, you are. And I know this is true because you're already sponsoring kids. So I, I personally believe a big part of the reason I'm here today is to say thank you, bless you, bless you, bless you. You are having an enormous, enormous impact. It really does make a difference. It's not just a picture on the fridge. When it gets to the other side of the planet, the help that you're giving, if you're like me, sometimes you even forget until you walk past the fridge. But the help that you're giving is absolutely huge. It's absolutely life-changing. So well done. Bless you. You rock. That's musician language. Um, I'm not great at math, but I did figure it out. It's, it costs $41 a month to sponsor a child. That's, that works out to $1.36 per day. Uh, it's actually considerably less than that if you pay income tax. Anybody here pay income tax? Okay, I'll get, get to that in a moment. For, but for our purposes, think of $1.36. Well, okay, well, I'll just tell you. Um, I'm, I'm not on this channel, but, but my wife kind of is, and she always reminds me. Be sure you tell people, because this is important. Um, years and years and years, we'd been sponsoring children. We, we finally, I finally remembered to ask our accountant when she was doing our taxes one year, um, what would be the t difference in my tax refund if we weren't sponsoring these children? At the time, we were sponsoring four kids. I'm just grateful that we could. As it turns out, bottom line, I haven't, all these years, I, I never knew this. I haven't actually been spending $1.36 for each of these kids. Friends, it's more like 70 cents. That's for me. I live in Ontario. I don't know if it's different here. But I pay 51%. I get 49% back. I never knew all these years. Isn't that wild? For me to sponsor two kids costs about the same as I thought I'd been spending to sponsor one. There's a word for somebody. <laughs> yeah? I, and I blurted out right in the accountant's office. I said, oh, my goodness, we got to sponsor some more kids. And we did. We got a few more, and one of them was Jordani. Isn't that neat? Jordani and, and now his sisters and his whole family, his mom and dad, have come to know the Lord. Yea, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But even if it is $1.36 per day and not 70 cents after the tax re refund and all that, figure $1.36. What's a medium double-double from Tim Hortons? Most parts of the country is about $1.70, right? Think about that. $1.70 for my coffee. $1.30. Starbucks is infinitely more, but, but worth it, which is my opinion. Here's a thought. This is important. If you regularly buy your coffee from Starbucks, you should consider sponsoring a village. <laughs> okay. I got to hurry up. I want to I hurry up with this. Um, <clears throat> Sandy and I have, have four kids of our own, and they're, they're older. As uh, Pastor Terry said, three, three of them are married already. And I'm going to be a grandpa. Woohoo! So excited. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't know when, but I figure it's bound to happen eventually. making sure everybody's still awake. I've, I've, been telling, I've been telling that joke for years. Sandy and I have five grandkids of our own um, and uh, more on the way. Remember I said I'm a wealthy man? 
true, absolutely true. <laughs> but our kids, at last count, were up to eight more children that they're sponsoring. <laughs> Isn't that neat? These are, these are young adults starting their family. If you were to ask them, why do you do that? Why do you sponsor children? They'd answer the same way I would, pretty much. They'd say, why would I not? Really? Why would I not? Relatively speaking, this is such a little thing, and yet it so represents the heart of my Lord. So for us, this, is, this really has become a worship issue. You know, whatever you've done, for one of the least of these, Jesus said, you did it for me. Whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. We want Jesus to be welcome in every way. Um, so, so that's what we've done. You're not supposed to, the right hand is not supposed to let the left hand know with stuff like that. There's a reason, I don't, I, there's a reason I'm telling you that though. Um, the Lord has just been really good to us, but I, we're so thrilled to be able to see what he's doing through this ministry. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And um, it was pointed out to me, having trouble with my bookmarks, it was, it was pointed out to me that there are more than 2,000 references, more than 2,000 references in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, to God's heart for the poor and justice issues. Did you know this? It's true. I didn't know that the whole time I was pastoring, but it is true. More than 2,000 references. And the reason that I mention it is I've had so many people across Canada at various events. I've had so many people come up to me and say, Jay, I need to pray about this. I need to pray about sponsoring a child. And you know what my response to that is? Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Because almost anything I can think of, it's a really, really good idea to take it to the Lord. Yeah? Unless I'm being goofy. I think that's the theological expression. What I mean by that, probably some of you know where I'm going with this, and I don't want to be misunderstood. There are a lot of really good reasons to pray about this, and not everybody can sponsor a child, and that's, that's fine. God bless you, seriously. Not everybody can do this. If we're honest, most of us can, you know? And for Sandy and me, the prayer thing, true story, usually it comes down to, Lord, how many more this year? <laughs> but if by that, you know, I need, to, I need to pray about this. If by that I'm saying, I need to ask God if it's his will for me to take a tiny part of my resources to help minister to the poor and tell them about Jesus. What do I think he's going to say? Right? I'm not trying to be mean, just trying to give perspective. But especially when he's already given his opinion more than 2,000 times. And I can't remember ever in my entire life crying out to God and saying, Oh Lord, oh God, is it your will for me to buy this cup of coffee as I go through the drive-thru today. Again, just trying to give some perspective. I really like coffee. I'm trying to give some perspective. But in my case, that cup of coffee, even from Tim Hortons, costs more than twice what it costs me to sponsor a child for today. But it wouldn't enter my mind that I need to pray about the coffee. Just saying. Just saying. Because I want to bless you. I, don't, I, oh, I always feel like I'm beating up on people sometimes. Please know, anything I'm sharing, it's, because the, it's, 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 it's things that the Lord has moved me with so we're on the same channel. Um, I, I want to bless this congregation. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing through you. If you don't sponsor kids yet, that's okay. God bless you. But you can take care of that today. So please don't run off after the service. Just go to the table and choose your child. And they'll sign you up. And they've made it so easy. You don't need to have any money with you today. Uh, they do want me to encourage that we not put it off, that we do it right away. So I, I ha actually, I do have some CDs there. But if you are able to start a sponsorship right away, would you take a CD? And that's just to encourage. This is just to say thank you. Um, if you sponsor 10 kids, take 10 CDs. And I'm serious, and you would not be the first. That would be awesome. Um, if you already sponsor children, 
again, thank you so much. It would be very difficult to overstate the impact you're having. It really is that big a deal, so well done, but, but here's the challenge. Would you consider another one? Or more if you can, you know, but at least take home a kid you didn't come with today. Surprise your friends. It's my understanding, Pastor, that there were a whole bunch of kids sponsored after the first, the first group was considerably smaller, but there were a whole bunch of children picked up, which speaks so highly of this congregation, speaks so highly of your heart and the leadership. Yay, God. Praise God. Having said that, everybody knows the really spiritual people go to the second service. Right? Just, it's just a known fact. You're going to let them out give you? Um, Pastor, I, th I think I'm pretty much done, but while you're coming up, I just do have a word of housekeeping while Pastor Ter Terry's coming up here, and that's this. If when, after the, the, the close of the service today, if when you go out in the foyer, if there's a big crowd of people around the tables so that you can't actually get up to the table right away, would you join me in saying, praise God? What a great problem to have, yeah? And let's be patient, and let's stick around until we can take care of it, because it, really it really is that important. Bless you folks so, so much, and thank you so much for the opportunity to share, and uh, hope to see you at the tables after the service. Amen. You know, uh, an author that we read several years ago said, uh, it, it's uh, good deeds create goodwill, which prepares the way for the good news. And that's really a, 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 a description of the ministry that Compassion has. It, it does the good deeds in the community among the poor, it creates the goodwill, and then God's people bring the good news. And so I just wanted uh, Sam to put up a picture. Uh, a couple of years ago when we were in Bolivia, um, I had the privilege of visiting the compassionate child that Pat and I sponsor. His name is Isaias, which means Isaiah in, uh, in Spanish. His father, Willie, there. And uh, that's their home behind them. And um, we, uh, we had the privilege of seeing compassion from both sides because when Pat and I, as you know, were missionaries in Bolivia, we had the opportunity of, um, of training pastors that were pastoring projects, uh, churches with compassion projects. And regularly we would uh, go and see them. And, and indeed what, what Jay has shared is true, is, is that it, it just draws people to the community, of the community to the churches because they're really reaching out to some of the, the greatest needs. And Isaias is... Um, uh, uh, one of six children, I think it was. That the, I, I forgot how many. I, I already packed my journal and uh, for getting ready to go to the new building, and I was going to look it up, but I, I, I already packed it. So, so I'm pretty sure it was six siblings. He and three others are in the Compassion Project. And uh, Sam, would you go to the next uh, picture? I uh, went to the the project, and this young girl is one of the workers. And so that's the building uh, behind. That's the church building, and. We had the privilege of being able to visit. And so, again, uh, seeing it from both sides. Not everybody that sponsors a child gets to go and see where the, the, the project is, but uh, I was so grateful that I could leave the team one day down in Cochabamba. I took a 45-minute taxi drive outside and, uh, and uh, outside of the city and got a chance to see and meet Isaias and his family. So, praise the Lord. As we come to the table of the Lord this morning... Uh, I want you to think about how this season of December that's upon us now is going to give us all these opportunities of hospitality. I don't know about you, but our calendar's just filling up with uh, dinners and, and lunches and parties and things. And, and you know, so many cultures around the world, if you are going to somebody's home, you would not ask them, what can I bring? 
Because in some cultures, it would be offensive to ask, what could you bring? No, you're our guest. Don't bring anything. But in, in our culture, of course, oftentimes we'll say that. What do we Oh, bring a salad or something like that. You know, when, when Jesus Christ is hosting the meal, and when he says, come to my table, he says, don't you dare bring anything. The fact is, is you can't bring anything. And if you were to bring something to the table of the Lord, you would be offending the host, Jesus Christ. Because, you know, the gospel of Christ says to us that he has fully paid for the whole thing. And if you offer your little good works and your little helps here and there, and you think your, your efforts to live a better life and so on, you're just offending the host, Jesus, so much. Because it is all by grace that we are saved through faith. It is nothing that we have done or could do. Someone told me in the first service, they drove by McGilvery. They've already they got the cross on our new building. Praise the Lord. And, and we're just going to lift high the cross this morning by bringing nothing to this table except our sin and our incompleteness and our brokenness and our failed vows, you know, and our broken promises to God. You just bring it all and receive the bread and the cup, not because you deserve it, but because Christ paid in your place everything you need. Go to God now, even before the elements come, and just say, God, I receive again this incredible gift. I thank you for your forgiveness. I confess how I failed you this week even. And I received the bread and I received the cup as it was given as an act of grace in receiving sinners into king, kingdom courts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this meal set before us, the bread which represents the body of Jesus, the blood, which, the cup which represents his blood. Lord, we, we thank you that we can come and, and just declare our unworthiness and re be received into your kingdom because of you, Jesus. We, we exalt you. We are the least of these, O oh God. And we come and you've adopted us into your family. You've come and sought and saved the worst of us, Lord. And we thank you for how good you are. So bless you, Lord Jesus, and help us as we remember your death today in your name. Amen. And as the elements are passed out, remember to receive the tray and hand it over before you take of the both the bread and the cups so that you can pass it along. God bless you.